one of the things that we have a huge value for in our family is testimony. And so the root word of testimony in, in Hebrew means uh, to repeat or do again. And also Revelation tells us that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So we love to tell stories and testimonies. And so today we're going to hear some amazing testimonies of just our phenomenal dad and how he just amazingly transforms people's lives and just impacts them with his love and affection uh, to become more fully who they really are. Um, and actually, if, if you're new to our family, you won't know that our, our mission statement is a family transforming people, families, churches, cities, and nations with experiences of God's goodness until earth looks like heaven. And one of the ways that we were seeing that happen, as Andy was saying uh, just a minute ago, was actually through our school, um, Hope School of Supernatural Life. We call it HSSL for short because it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, and actually what we've been seeing is just people really equipped to understand their identity um, as God's kids, which means then they're the ones who begin to give people experiences of God's goodness. And we see lots of people give their lives to Jesus and get blown away by the prophetic and impacted as their bodies get healed um, all over the place, in different places, in the gym, in people's workplaces, on the train, um, which is just amazing. And as Andy was saying, like HSL, it's not, a, it's not like a bolt-on part of our family, but it really is part of who we are. And so um, the team that um, run the school are part of our family. The people who teach on our school are part of our family. Um, the people who lead worship are part of our family. And many of you who are part of our family have actually um, been on school or done it. And, um, and so... I know that it can be a bit confusing, so we've got like Hope Activate and HSSL and what's the difference. And for me, really, just a quick differentiation between the two is that actually Hope Activate, which is a new initiative that was launched um, last year or earlier this year, um, actually, it, it really exists to just help people to grasp really some of the foundations of what we believe as a family and um, our vision and actually to almost in a bite-sized taster kind of um, just understand what all of that is and then activate you as the name suggests. Whereas our school is actually um, more like a six course meal um, rather than bite-sized taster buffet, um, which actually really unpacks our identity and just kingdom culture and really teaches everybody to be able to just walk fully in their, like, you know, we're joined to Jesus, we're in union with him, and how do you live out a supernatural lifestyle wherever you are? And so over the past five years, we've had people um, from this family who've come to our school, um, which has been about, I was having a look at the statistics, and about 50%, half of our family over the past five years have been uh, to our school. And about one third of all students have come from other churches in Scotland, as far away as Inverness, Dundee, and Campbelltown. Um, and, about, and then the remainder have come from other churches in Glasgow. And as Andy was saying, that for the first time this year, we have people uh, coming from England, which is very exciting. We're like, woohoo, into another nation. Um, and we had a prophetic word from Julian Adams, who's um, a friend of our family, many years ago, where he said that he saw sparks flying from this church to obscure places. And he said that God will move as a sign of wonder upon whole geographical regions of Scotland, and they will act as hotspots and launch pads for revival and reformation. And when he, when he brought that word, God really spoke clearly to me, and he said that I'm going to do this through the school. 
So I was like, right, okay. And so we've had people from very obscure places and actually God's starting to move in these obscure places all across our nation. Um, I just want to take a couple of wee endorsements from our website. You can read the full version there um, at your leisure. But Ahab Al-Hindi, who is from Bethel Church and a real good friend of our family, and this is what he said, just a few snippets of his endorsement. I am grateful for the passion of HSSL and thankful for the yes to the call of God in equipping this generation of revivalists. HSL is a great training ground to prepare those hungry for more and pursuing the presence of God and practically walking out signs and wonders in everyday life as Jesus did. And then Julian and Katia Adams, who are our friends, they're based in South Africa, with a ministry called Frequency. They said this, HSL is a dynamic activating school that will deepen your walk with Jesus and take you further into the adventure of walking as an heir in God's kingdom. It's both weighty, packed full of theological revelation and incredibly practical. It will transform your heart as well as motivate a renewal of your mind. This course will teach you not just what to believe about the kingdom, but how to live in the fullness of the kingdom. And so I get to hear great stories about how people's lives are impacted. And actually, because our school is part of our family, I just really wanted our family to get to hear some of the amazing stories of what God's been doing in people's lives. And so we're going to have a variety of speakers come. Um, and uh, so I'll just I'll quickly maybe just mention who they are, and then they can just pass the mic one to another. So first up, we're going to have Karen Wilson, who actually leads our school. And then we're going to have... Uh, they're going to have Joel Lilly, and he's actually on our HSL team. And then, <laughs> then we're going to have Hannah Dunbar, and she has just graduated from first year. <laughs> and then we're going to have John T. Allen, who's just graduated from second year. So I am just going to pass the mic first to Karen, and then thank you. Hello. Um, I have written this down, and I'm going to read it word for word because if I don't, I will be here all morning. <laughs> I did try and just, I just wrote it out and I went on and on and on. I have an immense passion um, for God, an immense passion for HSSL, and a passion to see God work in people's lives and take them on to a deeper relationship with him. So I'm going to do a very condensed testimony this morning. This is going to cover the last six years of my life. So... <laughs> So very quick and very condensed. So I apologize for reading it, but I didn't want to take up everybody else's time. So it's a condensed testimony about how HSSL changed my life and the life of my family. In 2011, a team from Hope came to do a weekend in our church, and it was awesome. We were so hungry for more of God, and the team carried some of what we were looking for. They were so on fire for God and so willing to do what he asked of them. At the end of the weekend, I asked if they would prophesy over me. This is not something I do very often. But they graciously did. And Lenny and others started to share a few things. But the relevant thing was that we would ha have or lead a supernatural school. This was in 2011 before HSSL had even happened. Leap forward 18 months and HSSL started and a group of us came through from Dundee. There was eight of us in the beginning. We left home at 5.30, came through, did the school 
and got back home after midnight. We were so hungry for more of God that HSSL was so full of God's presence, the teaching, the worship, the impartations, all of this changed us and our lives completely. We became more of ourselves with the freedom to be who we truly have been made to be by God. I did this trip every year for four years. (laughs) (laughs) Two years doing school and two years on the team, saying at the end of each year, not any again, never again, that's enough. And then a few weeks were like, "Mm, no, still have to go back. (laughs) So we traveled again (laughs) for another year. Then, at the beginning of 2016, Jan McFarlane had never forgotten the word that Lenny had shared And in February 2016, she asked me to take over as director of HSSL. This would mean mean being part of HOPE, which meant moving from one side of Scotland to the other. After seeking God and asking my family, I accepted. So exciting. (laughs) I can't do this. We also were given confirmation from people we respected and that we were doing the right thing. So we changed our lives completely. (laughs) We sold our house. We gave up our jobs. Ali had been doing his job for the last 30 years, or over 30 years. Our daughter changed school. Our son actually moved out of home into a flat so that he could stay at uni. We moved across country, away from everything we knew. And I'm so thankful to my family for being willing to do this and to support me in this new venture. And I'm so proud of what they're willing to do and give up to see the words of God fulfilled in our lives. At the start of HSSL this year, I stood up as the new director and Lenny was there. And that was such a special day as she had shared this word all those years before. And it's always exciting to see God fulfill what he has said. So as you can see, HSSL has had a life-changing effect on me and my family, both in the natural and the spiritual. It's been a busy year, and it wasn't until recently we've had time to reflect on what God had done. I was asked in February, we moved to Glasgow in June, and we've just ran with the school for the whole year. And actually, it was huge. We have changed everything to be here and to follow what God has called us to do. But it's the same for everybody that does HSSL. Maybe not moving across country, but it is life-changing. The most, for most people who do the course. We've had our graduation a few weeks ago, and Suki made a video of short testimonies from some of the students, interns, and team. And it was heartwarming to watch as we heard testimony after testimony of what God has done in people's lives through HSSL. He is so gracious and such a good father. We've seen all sorts of miracles from healing to multiplying sweeties in somebody's pocket. (laughs) Ask, we'll tell you about these. Um, We have had a great year and I'm so looking forward to year six. 
We've had people come from all over Scotland to the school, <clears throat> even from as far as North, far north as Inverness. But as you've already heard, you can tell we're really excited about this. There are people coming from England to join the school this year. God is using the school to change people into who they truly are, who God has made them to be, and in turn, he is using them to affect the people and places around them. God is changing the nation one person at a time. And I'm just going to hand over to Joel. Thanks. Um, so, mine's going to be a little bit different to that, but um, it's still basically about what the school's done for me. If you don't know me, my name's Joel, um, married to Katie, got two kids here, been at Hope Church for nearly 12 years, I think, so quite a long time here. Um, yeah, and it was pretty much our first church um, since we became Christians, really, so... This is kind of what we know. This is what we've lived. And so, like, trying to work out what was hope and what was school has been a bit of a, a challenge. So, and also small group as well. So it's all very different. So I'm going to tell you about the stuff I love about school and then how that's affected me. So, yeah. Um, I guess the first thing to sort of talk about really is the worship at the, the school. It is amazing. I mean, considering it's normally just one person and a guitar, it is amazing worship, and it totally impacts me. I don't know, like, I mean, Sundays are great too, but I normally have the kids with me on Sunday, and that is really tricky sometimes to, like, even think about God when they're <laughs> there wanting snacks and stuff. So, like, having that time as well was probably pretty good, but, like, you know... Um, what I should have said was um, I've been on team at the school as well for the five years, or they're only there, actually there for three of the years. And so quite a lot of the time the worship's been happening and I've been stood at the front, which has been weird and great because it kind of means you have to kind of like learn to like rely on yourself, you know, instead of just following what everyone else is doing. And that's like a real growth thing for me. I don't think, well, no, I think I quite often feel uncomfortable during worship but actually, when you're at the front of a school, you just kind of have to, you know, focus on God and get on with it. So, <laughs> and that's been amazing because, like, God's totally led me with it and taught me with it and just, like, helped me how to focus on his heart. And, you know, it's just kind of changed everything, how I see myself, how, um, yeah, how I see others as well. And uh, just, you know, how I see God. So, that's pretty amazing. The... Um, also in the school, there's, there's teaching every week, and uh, that is pretty special too. Quite often I hear the same teaching like three or four times, and each time it just seems to get better. I don't know how that's possible. Like Phil Ford, I've heard talk on, I think it's Sonship, like four or five times. And the last time, I was totally blown away by it. And I'm like, I should know this, <laughs> you know? But, um, and I do, but it is, it is just distilled... And it just, gets, it just gets better and better. And there is more, as Andy just said. There's just, they, their revelation grows. So if you've only heard them talk about like 
sonship or honor once or twice, then actually their revelation might be bigger um, now. And so, like, yeah, some of the some of the teaching has been amazing. Like, I remember when I was in year two and Kez was teaching about honesty and relationships and stuff like that, and it totally, I mean, it totally massively challenged me, and I was it hurt a lot, um, but in a good way, obviously. Um, and so it just makes you how how are you going to do friendship and how are you going to do relationships at work and stuff like that, and it just kind of makes you, or made me grow as a person. Um, yeah, I guess the other thing, which is all wrapped up in what the school does a lot of, which is like encouragement and talking about identity as well. And that's, that's really tricky, especially if you've grown up in like a, the British culture of like putting everything down and not thinking, bigging yourself up is like the worst thing you could do. And so it's really hard sometimes to hear encouragement about how great you are. And you're like, oh, just stop and let's talk about someone else. <laughs> because... It's just tricky. You're just taught. Well, I was not taught, but like it's just like cultural that you're meant to be lower your expectations about yourself and put yourself down. And that was like that was 90% of my humour. And you know, I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. It's that was really hard. <laughs> you know, and they do these things where they do like amazing encouragement, and people like 10 people just say what they see about you, and a lot of it's like what they love about you and as in what they see you do, and then a lot of it's what God tells them about you. And that's really hard too, because you've got to like agree with them, and because you're agreeing with God, but at the same time, you know, not like get burdened down by what could be a, appear to be a to-do list or something. And so, like, just hearing how God sees me and how um, God loves me and all that sort of thing really just changes how I am, I guess. Um, and the other thing, which is an interesting one on my list, is risks. So there are a lot of risks at HSSL, um, and I don't love them all. <laughs> is a, that's an understatement. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'd just like to say they are encouraged. You're not forced. You don't have to do the risks. But if you're on team, you kind of have to do the risks. So. <laughs> I remember this one time we were doing this thing and it was like prophecy and different ways of prophesying over people and there was one section we had to go to with like five or six of us and it was about we had to sing encouragement over a person in this group and it was the worst five minutes of my no. it wasn't that bad but well it was really hard but we got through it and like you know if you can sing encouragement over somebody especially if I can sing encouragement over somebody, then, you know, encouragement over anybody becomes easy because of the risk. So, yeah, I guess what I just want to say is, like, the risks, they are tricky sometimes. But for me, what really helped is that they made what I consider the supernatural feel like it was natural. You know, and it's like... The supernatural sometimes seems crazy, especially in this church. <laughs> totally crazy. And so, um, actually, that just became more normal for me as we went through the school. And, you know, you think about it, I think about it, Jesus did it, and it was just normal for him. And that's where I want to be. And that's what the school's helping me to get to. I am not there yet. 
but I would love to be there. I'd love to be out doing the crazy stuff and just seeing how people's lives are impacted. And I'm not there. I don't really relish the idea of going out onto the streets, but you know, at work, encouraging people and seeing people for who they actually are. So seeing people who are dads and love their kids and telling them that that's okay. Because people seem to apologize it for it at my work. And you're like, no, this is, this is who you are. It's amazing. I've just been able to just do that and encourage them. I've been able to see the atmospheres change in your team or your, the building because you're there and bringing in the positives. Is, is massive and it's, it's because of the school that I've been able to do that. Um, yeah, and also being on team is awesome because you get to see people's journeys, you know. And nobody completely changes. They're still them, but they've just become like a, this, this version of them which is who you always knew they were going to be. And it's just great to see their lives completely changed. And like, it sometimes feels like we're cheating because we don't feel like we're putting in what the effort of what's coming back, if you see what I mean. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a great thing. And it's definitely, um, definitely made a massive impact in my life. So now I shall hand you over to the amazing Hannah. Twice in one day. Oh. Um, I don't have notes, but you'll be pleased to know I have a stopwatch, <laughs> which I'm going to put here. Ta-da. So, um, this is really funny because I had no idea what they were going to say, and it feels like we are saying the same message, but from different points of view, which shouldn't be a surprise. Um, as Jan said before, I've just finished the first year and I wanted to share with you a bit about my journey to signing up and then I'll tell you a bit about the impact that that had. So, um, I've been coming to Hope for about seven and a half years. I was sat in the room when the word was given that we were going to set up a church and woo, that's something for someone else to do. Hooray! I will back you all the way. Um, and... It was, I guess, the year before last when it first ever dawned on me that I might want to do the church. Um, school. There we go. I might want to do school. And I thought, oh, maybe I should do HSSL. And then I thought of all the very legitimate reasons why I shouldn't do HSSL. And then I stopped thinking about it. Um, and then it came around again. So this was last year, about this time last year. And I thought, oh, maybe I should do HSSL. And I looked at my list of very legitimate reasons and not one single one of them had changed. And I had a conversation with God that went on over a few weeks and I will abbreviate it for you. So, uh, so God said, that is a very good list of very legitimate reasons why you should not do HSSL. Thanks, God. <laughs> I'm not going to make you do HSSL. Good, thanks. It might be about 10 years before you have a list that doesn't look like a list of very legitimate reasons why you can't do HSSL. I was like, okay, it might be 10 years. 
And it's like, but that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to make you do it. But I'm just saying it might take 10 years before you feel like it's convenient to do this. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he went, but Hannah, the thing is, I've got some really good stuff I want to give you. And it's really, really good stuff. And it is stuff that you're going to need to unlock what I've called you to do in the future. And the only way you're going to get it is by doing HSSL. But I'm not making you do it. And, and actually, if you want to wait 10 years, that's fine by me. You can wait 10 years, and that will be fine by me. And in 10 years' time, we'll do this, and it will be great. But you're not going to get the good stuff until you do it. And this conversation went on over a number of weeks, and it shifted the questions in my head. And a lot of my experience of HSSL is actually about shifting the questions that I asked myself. And the question wasn't, how on earth am I going to make this work? It became, how much do I want the stuff that God has got for me? How much do I want to unlock all the good things that he has for my life? How much do I want to walk into my destiny? And once you're faced with those questions, you can't say no. So I signed up, and I was terrified, absolutely terrified. Um, I had heard lots of stories about how HSSL can change your life. It's going to change your life. It's going to be amazing. And I was like, I am willing to believe that. I'm not sure I want it <laughs> because I was quite happy with my life. I'm not sure I want my life changed. And what I realized over the year was that that fear came from an assumption that going to HSSL would be about other people trying to tell me how I had to live. And that my life would change because I would do things the way they do it or I would be the way they are. Um, and I think it's a really important message for everyone to hear who hasn't done it, that the only mold they are interested in you fitting into is the one God broke after he made you. It is, the course is nothing about trying to make you be a certain way or be something you're not. It is about saying, you need to be more you. And helping you understand who you are and how God sees you and what you were made to be so that you can be more you. So the extent to which my life has changed over the last year is the extent to which I am more free from fear. It's the extent to which I am more confident in who I am and who God made me to be and less bogged down by other stuff that I picked up along the way. So, oh, screen's gone off. I think I've got a bit of time. Um, what I thought was the best way to demonstrate the difference in me is to give you a before and after. <laughs> so here we go with the before. It's pretty messy. I would say about 18 months ago, we had uh, Barbara here preaching. 
And before she did her preach, she had been um, having a chat with Holy Spirit and he told her to um, speak over everyone in the room called Hannah. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Yeah. And I was sat right at the back. So I got up and she spoke amazing things over me. It was great. And one of the things that she said was that I would be able to operate in more accurate words of knowledge and that that would come quickly um, and that I was going to really notice it. I was like, great, I'll take that. Sat back down. And while she was preaching, I got the most accurate word of knowledge I have ever had to this day. Um, he's not here, but I, I asked him last week, and I know I can share this. I got a word of knowledge that Andrew Cassidy, who was training for a marathon at the moment, had pain in his right ankle that I've never had anything that clear but that's exactly how clear it was and this was during the preach and then towards the end of her preach she gave us a time where we were to ask God for a word for the person sitting next to us and then pray for them and I'm sat there right at the back and Angie is down here at the front and I know that this word is for him I don't want to give it to him because that would involve standing up, walking across the church and putting myself out there and saying, I think this word is for you, which I wasn't confident about because I started to tell myself, well, you know, he's running. It's quite likely that he's got an ankle in injury because he's training and asking all these silly things of myself. Um, so I didn't. I prayed for the person who was next to me and all the while I could hear Holy Spirit in my ear going, the word's not for him. And I was like, I know. And he was like, you're supposed to be praying for Andrew. I know. <laughs> I'll do it at the end. Didn't do it at the end. I ran away. Um, and it got to Tuesday of that week. And I was still really bothered by this. So I sent a message to Sarah, his wife, on Facebook. And said, has Andrew got a problem with his uh, right ankle? And she said, oh, I'm not sure I'll ask. And she came back with a message a while later going, yeah, he did have a problem with his right ankle. It miraculously went away yesterday. <laughs> God is good. Andrew got healed anyway. What didn't happen was I didn't get the chance to partner with him. What didn't happen was Andrew didn't get the chance in church that Sunday to know that God was thinking about him and seeing him, we didn't get the chance to witness that miracle together. Um, and that bothers me. And that does bother me. And a lot of my journey on HSSL is about growing in confidence so that when I get a word, I just go with it. Because now the question in my head isn't, what if I look stupid? What if I'm wrong? It's, what if this is right? And they need to hear that. And I still hear the other questions. Like, I still hear the fearful questions going, you're making it up? Don't be silly. You sound strange and crazy. I still hear all of that. But the louder voice is, what if you're the only person who can do this? Go and do it. So, um, yeah. I would just really recommend that you consider this because I'm still the same person I was 
but I'm a better version of me as a result. And I know now that if I was sat there and I got that word, I would be straight across going, God needs to heal your ankle. Um, not because I've spent a year becoming a miraculous healer, but because I've spent a year learning to trust when I hear from God um, and learning to trust that God is good and that he wants to do these things. So that's me. I'm a... I'm going to introduce the incredible John D. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I have just finished second year of HSSL. And I have gone from being a very reluctant and somewhat cynical um, participant to being unbelievably sold out to this school and the process. And um, I have to admit that the only reason I did it in the first place was because Keith and Belinda Butcher said uh, two years ago, John T, you need to do HSSL. I was like, okay. And so I trust them. So I was like, right, okay, fine. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. So um, to give you a bit of background, I am... I come from a Christian family. We are this, we're huge. There's a, I have six brothers and sisters, so I'm one of seven. Uh, my parents were um, the parents of first generation Christians, so we were born into a Christian family, and it is and so all the benefits that, that, that come from that and being exposed to exposed to spirit at a young age, and so age six, you know, my mum sat us on our on on our beds and prayed for us and so we would speak in tongues and all the rest of it. So all that is, is all awesome and all the stuff that has come from being brought up in that kind of family is amazing. However, it doesn't, that, a lot of that can count for naught if you still believe a ton of lies. So, um, and this is where we get to HSSL. What HSSL is very good at is actually dealing with a lot of the lies. We're actually going, right, okay, let's impart truth into the lies so that the lies don't affect you anymore. So it's like, okay, cool. And so what, how that worked for me was um, God uh, started giving me visions. So they really encourage this in HSSL. So you get, you get visions and you either see it from afar, so you see something, or you're right involved in it. And for me, I was always involved in it. I was always right in the middle of the vision, and I was there. And so um, the big epiphany of John T's life happened in February uh, 2017 at the weekend away. And uh, so, but just prior to that, the visions God was giving me at the time. So I was, the, I was in his throne room and he was there. Father God was there on his pedestal and, you know, the, the tiered, you know, the tiered pedestal thing. And he was up there and I was down the bottom and I started to walk towards him, but as I started to walk towards him in the mightiness and awesomeness of his presence, as that emanated from him, I started to kind of disintegrate. So, you know, as I went out with my arms, it, it, bits of me started to like kind of break away because I was not pure enough. And then just in an instant before I was utterly destroyed, in an instant, Jesus was there, boom, and he stands in front of me like this. And, um, and he protects me. And so the, the awesome of this God's presence is still there. But, but Jesus 
protects me from the, from, from the presence and from being utterly destroyed. And then Jesus melds with me, and I become one with him. And then I approach the throne room. So that's the end of that vision. So, yeah. <laughs> and it, it actually gets better, believe it or not. So, so then... So we're in, we're in, and this is the, this is the bit about lies and how lies are so important in that we don't believe them, um, and that we believe God's truth. So anyway, we're we're in HSSL weekend away, and they bring out these uh, little bits of paper. I've never been so thankful for a little bit of paper in all my life. It's very small. It wasn't even an A4. It was that size. You know, it was two inches by six inches. And on it, on it, so we all went into small groups, and so it said on the on the bit of paper, it said, which uh, one of these, the list of these things. Which one of these do you struggle to believe? So, the first one was, do you struggle to believe that God loves you? No, I don't struggle to believe that. Do you struggle to believe that God believes in you and has a good purpose for your life? No, I don't struggle to believe that. That's, you know, that's, that's not a problem. Do you struggle to believe that um, he is good? No, that's fine. I'm cool with that. That's fine. And then it gets to the one. And it gets to, do you struggle to believe that you are perfect? And I'm like, Possibly. Actually, yes. Do you struggle to believe that you are righteous? And I'm like, definitely. And it's, it's amazing. And what I've realized is that once, when cynicism, if ever God says something to us and we start to get cynical, that's when we know it's a lie. And so it was, so it was, are you righteous and are you perfect? And I was like, and this, this kind of false humility kind of demon slash lie just rose. And I was like, no way. I'm not righteous. I am not perfect. I, I am not any of those things. I'm sorry, but this bit of paper is rubbish. This question is stupid because I'm not, neither of these two things. And so I said this to the boys in the small group. And so they said, right, okay, that's fine. Let's pray for you, Jonty. So, right, okay, fine. Yeah, let's pray for me. I'm still cynical. I'm still like, this is silly. How can I possibly be perfect? How can I possibly be righteous? So, anyway, they prayed for me, and uh, he said, Jonty, I think you know this stuff, but you need to get it in your heart. So, I was like, okay, yeah, fair, fair, fair point. So, he prayed for me, and I, and I cried. And as I cried, I, it was like my lament and my shame washed off at the same time. So, as I cried... It all just went. So that was good. That was awesome. Then, then we went into a time of praise and worship. And so again, I close my eyes and I am back in the throne room of God. And there I am. And, but this time, not, I'm not standing in front of the tiered pedestal. I'm on top of the tiered pedestal. And beside me is Jesus and Holy Spirit and Father God. And they didn't utter a word, but they looked me in the eye. They all looked me in the eye, and I looked them in the eye. And I realized in that moment, there was not a word spoken, but I realized in that moment that they did not have a single issue with rubbing shoulders with me. They did not have a single issue with me standing right beside them and being one of them and being in their family, being part of them. Boom. And that was it. <laughs> Boom unbelievable. During praise and worship, I went from a place of worshiping God far away, and I was overcome with unbelievable joy. And it wasn't... (laughs) 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 
Come on. So, so I went to this place and it was like I was worshiping God and he was inside me. It's like the God I was worshiping wasn't out there. He wasn't up on his pedestal when I was far away, a young minion. I was there. He was inside me. Every, it was all flowing through me. It was like, it was like a grenade, a constant grenade being chucked in and exploding, exploding, exploding. And so <laughs> it was just <laughs> the, the feeling and just the feeling of being so accepted, being so approved of, being so, you're okay, Jonty, was just f so too much for me almost. I just could not st stop laughing in his presence because he's, that's how he sees me. He laughs, he rejoices over me. So therefore, why wouldn't I rejoice? So that is, that is my testimony. That has had a massive implicationally, that is just because of that renaissance, because of that revolution in my heart, that has had a massive influence on all my stuff, just how everything goes on in my life. And I'm a pretty ambitious person, but following that experience, just, I just wasn't ambitious anymore. It was a weird thing. It was like, all oh, my ambition, ambition died. And for a couple of months, I just didn't care. I didn't care about my business. I didn't care about all the stuff that I previously cared about. But then what happened was, a few months after that, actually, I became ambitious again, but it was from the ashes of a previous and, you know, almost secular ambition rose actually even more ambition. And I realized that actually my ambition, as long as it is rooted in his kingdom and in all the cool stuff that he has for our world, that actually that's something I can buy into. Actually, that's something that is, is a cool plan, which is worth getting involved in. So, and yes, yeah, so I could go on and on, but that's me nearly, uh, nearly there. Nearly there? I'm there. Okay, that'll do. <laughs> Boom. Keep going. Uh, keep going. Okay, keep going. Right, okay. <laughs> so, but, and, and, and just to say, you know, I think these things are just the beginning. They really are just the beginning. And one one thing that I've come to realize is that when that Satan is the king of lies, and so he creates the lies, and, but we validate the lies. He can't, doesn't have the power to validate the lies. Because we have the power, we validate the lies. And so all the, all the effect of those lies is actually perpetuated by us, not Satan. And what God helped me with a nice little practical thing and he said, think of lies as hand puppets. And little, they're just little puppets. They're the puppets, and you stick your hand in them, and they talk. And um, he, said, he said, they're completely inert. Lies and all the lies that we believe are 100% inert. They don't have any power in of themselves until we decide to take them up, until we decide to give them voice, until we decide to be the ventriloquist that talks through the hand puppet. And so, yeah, there's so many things, but that's half past. So, boom, let's go.
So I just really wanted you guys to hear some of the amazing stories of what's been happening in our family. But um, just as I sit and listen to all those, I was like taking all these notes about things that they've, God's done in their life. But actually, there's so many things. So if you, we're just going to end now. But actually, if you, um, if you have struggled with dealing with lies or you need to have a, an outbreak of joy in your heart or actually you have got prophetic words that you've hung on to and you just need someone to pray with you to give you, just so you can have fresh faith for actually God is going to move, like with Karen, with that word that she'd had for all those years and it hadn't happened. Um, if there's anything that any of these guys have shared that has actually thought, you've thought, oh, that sounds like me or I can relate to that, then these guys would absolutely love um, to pray for you. So why don't we just stand together? Yeah, and I'm just going to pray for us. Um, why don't you just put your hand on your heart? Yeah, Father, I want to thank you that we are your kids, that you absolutely delight in us and that there is nothing that separates us from you, that we are in, we're joined and we're one with you. And I thank you for that incredible privilege. I thank you for what it means and that we actually get to do amazing, cool stuff. Thank you that you, Holy Spirit, live in us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us, and we get to see you move through our lives. And so I just want to declare over every person in this place that this week, they will see you move in and through their life in a way that they weren't expecting, that you'll surprise them, that you'll use them, and that we will just get to keep giving you glory for the amazing God that you are in us. And we just praise you and thank you. You're so good. And we love you.